It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. I'm Stacy Clarkson. And I'm Stacy Tresegos. Thank you for joining us for our 29th episode of season two on Thursday of the 29th week in ordinary time. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about the reading first. Um, Stacy is going to remind you to read your Bible, yep. and then she's going to give you a scripture reflection in case you, um, instead of reading your Bible, wait for Stacy to read it to you like I do. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and then, I have my coffee here, though. That's okay. That's okay. And, and then, and we said that going into it, right? That if you right. still weren't in your rhythm to join us. So join us. Yes, we'll do it with you. We'll talk about the scriptures for today with you. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we're just turning to the catechism for the tradition part of the podcast. And I want to talk to you about ways of coming to know God. As a chemist, that's one of the ways. And the catechism says so. So uh, join us for that second part. And now over to you, Stacy Farquharson. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's say a quick prayer and we'll get started. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, you are mighty to be praised and we worship you this morning. And um, we ask for your guidance throughout this day. And we thank you that, Lord, we thank you that you are so merciful and um slow to anger and you love us and and we just ask that today you would open the eyes of our understanding that we would comprehend your scriptures and that you would give us fresh eyes to see you and ears to hear you open our ears to hear what you have to say to us today mother mary pray for us father name of the father son the holy spirit amen amen okay Yes, yes, yes. Like Stacy said, I'm going to reiterate, grab your tea, grab your coffee, whatever you prefer, but grab your Bible and be sure to spend some time with the Lord today. And these scriptures that we're reading, I really encourage you to go back and read them for yourself if you if you have a moment so that the Lord can speak to you. Okay, we are looking at the gospel reading found in Matthew chapter 16. It says, Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? Or what can one man give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in his Father's glory, and then he will repay each one according to his conduct. Three short verses here, but they have so much meat in them, and there's so much to say. So Jesus told his disciples, now these are his disciples, the ones following him, the ones that are hungry to know more. These are not the ones that opposed him. These are his disciples that he's talking to. And he says, 
that there are three things they must do if they want to come after him. They must deny themselves, pick up their cross, and follow him. So we're going to talk about each one. Deny himself. This just reminds me immediately of two scriptures, one where Jesus was talking and the second where his mother, our mother, is talking. In Luke 22, while Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, before he was arrested, knowing what he was about to experience, he surrendered to God's will. And he said, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will be, but your will be done. And then Mother Mary says in Luke, the first chapter, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Now, Jesus knew what was about to happen. I'm not sure Mary knew exactly what she was getting into. She had never had a baby before. Maybe she had plans and having a baby before she knew a man, her husband, most assuredly was not part of her plan. And it could cost her everything. There were risks involved. There was much she didn't know. She certainly didn't know. She certainly didn't know the heartache she would experience at the foot of the cross when her son was older. But not knowing everything, she surrendered to God's will. So Jesus knew, and he still denied himself and, and surrendered to God. Mary didn't know everything, but she surrendered to God. Denying oneself, laying down our goals, our plans, our our wants is submitting to and surrendering to God's plan for our lives. It's hard to let go of the reins and give them over to God, especially when we we don't know where it's going to lead us. And it means we're not in control, which can be scary. And we might hear that voice like we talk about behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. Turn quickly to the right. No, now to the left. But what if we don't like where the right might take us? What if we don't want to go where God's asking us to go? What if we know it will hurt? What if we know we'll have to let go of something that we've held on to for so long that it's become a part of us, that it's some that it's who we are, but he's asking us to lay it down? What if he asks for something we aren't ready to give or to do something we aren't ready to do? To me, it's about sacrifice. And Romans 12, 1 tells us, to present your bodies a living sacrifice and says it's just our reasonable service. And like Peter said, nonetheless, Lord, at your word, I will cast my net. Nonetheless, Lord, at your word, I will stay in my marriage. I will not take this job or I will quit my job. I will move here. I will I will go there. I will turn to the right, even though I don't want to. Nonetheless, Lord, I will be that living sacrifice at your word. To me, that's what denying myself means not my will lord but yours and then number two take up your cross some say picking up your cross is simply carrying a burden like this sickness is my cross or this relationship is my cross to bear and i get that because it's hard and when you surrender to god in that moment in that loss or in that situation that tribulation that you're going through it seems like a cross it's heavy it's burdensome it's hard to endure it's painful but then I also thought of the cross was what Jesus literally died on and he carried it knowing he would die on it. 
In the very next verse, Jesus starts talking about losing one's life. He says, for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And then I thought, what are the hills that we're willing? What's the hill we're willing to die on? Like, what are our non-negotiables? What are we not willing to budge on? And these are just some things to think about and maybe even wrestle with. Remembering that it is not I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live now, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me, who loved me so much that he gave his life for me so that I might live. And will I be willing to die that I might live? Would I be willing to follow him? Number three, if you want to come after me, you have to be willing to follow me. It's like, if you want to tag along, you have to be willing to really, really follow me, to go where I go, to walk where I walk. You have to be all in. It's like you say, Stacy, go big or go home. You have to be all in. Are you willing to travel the road that he traveled? How close do we want to follow him? I mean, mm -hmm. if we're getting you know honest with ourselves, are we fair-weathered friends? Being that living sacrifice we talked about requires that we're all in. And it's not easy. And it's not easy when it doesn't make sense. Or sometimes, you know, I'll follow you when it's convenient for me. You know, I'm reminded in John when Jesus was teaching his followers that he was the bread of life and that they would need to eat his flesh. He says, whoever feeds upon my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me and I dwell in them. And that was when Pat first told me about the Eucharist, that's, that's what spoke to me. I and him and him and me. I had been wanting that for so long and just felt like I couldn't get there. Like there was something between I could only get so close to Jesus and no closer. And it was that's what really spoke to me and drew mm -hmm. me in is the, the Eucharist. Eucharist. <laughs> How much closer could I be to Jesus than to feed upon his flesh and drink his blood? To, to dwell in him and him dwell in me. This teaching was too hard for some of them to receive. I mean, and they admitted it and they left him. They walked away. They stopped following him. And this were some of his disciples that had been following him. Not the, not his main crew, but he did turn to them. He did turn to them and he said, what do you say? These are the ones now that have been walking with him the closest and, and the longest. And he says, what do you say? Are you going to leave also? <laughs> they were all in and they stayed. And they believed and they denied themselves. They left everything they knew. They followed him. They stayed the course and they picked up their crosses and they followed him even to death. Almost all of them were martyred. Mm, that's right. They had the chance to leave, to walk away like the others did. And I just wonder what they were thinking in that moment because they had a choice to make. It was like that was the... That was the road divided right there. They could choose. Am I going to follow these people that have walked away or am I going to stay the course with Jesus? It's getting tough. It's getting hard right now. What do I do? I wonder if they were thinking, what good would it do us to gain the whole world and lose our mm -hmm. own souls? Of course, we'll stay, Lord. So lots of things to ponder. I've asked a lot of questions today. So lots of things to think about. Mm -hmm. Lots to ponder today. That's beautiful, Stacy. And I am sitting here listening to you as a mother and thinking about all the episodes we've done talking about 
walk it through riding the struggle bus. Remember all that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And there are, I mean, for, uh, for us, it's not so much that we were disciples in Jesus' time, you know, saying, we'll follow you, Lord, knowing we're going to be martyred. But our yes to God has been to be open to life. Yes. And um, not just whatever that not looks just, like. Yeah, whatever it looked like. Not not just welcoming children into our family. I mean, you welcomed children into your family long after their births uh, through adoption. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now we're welcoming grandchildren into our family. And it. And it doesn't get any easier. It just does uh, sound like such an old lady, but it just doesn't get any easier because we're so tired. <laughs> even, yes. It, we're so tired. Like even my oldest daughter, whose kids are getting older and she calls and it's like, really like, like so much keeps happening when you, you think, Oh, I've, I've got these kids raised, but then other things just keep happening as moms with stuff going on in our kids' lives. And it's constantly picking up the cross and, and walking with it and solving the problems and turning to God and doing what he wants us to do and saying, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give up. Yeah. it's saying yes to him over daily, all the time. I mean, daily over and over. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. There's a song we used to sing. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. <laughs> that sounds like a complicated song. <laughs> yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. If I, if I sang a song, yes, Lord, it would be more like pounding the drums. <laughs> yes, those are all good reminders. And I appreciate you, Stacey, talking about the difficulties of carrying the cross and suffering. Because it it's not it's not like, oh, whatever your suffering is, just say, oh, I'm carrying my cross. No, we're supposed to do something. Picking up our cross and carrying it means we're supposed to do something and be open to life and listen to what God has us to, to do in right, the day, right. each day, as you say. In the little teaching today that goes along with the scripture that we're taking from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, it's right up at the front. This is one of my favorite parts. It's also um, the very beginning of the Summa Theologia talks about the same type of topics. In, yesterday, uh, I talked about that we're made to know God and what that means. We're made to know God. Like God doesn't like grab us by the shirt collar and say, you're made to know me. I'm making you know me. But he does compel us to know him because we seek truth and love because we're made in the image and likeness of the Trinitarian God. And we're, we're made to know him. We're never going to find happiness and peace and joy until we do seek God. So we're, we're made for it. That's what that means. The next part of the catechism that goes into ways of coming to know God. Okay. So you're like, all right, God. All right. All right. I, I am made to know you. How is that supposed to work? And that, and that's actually like how kind of the trajectory I went on in my own life. How, how is that supposed to work? I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, what is it going to mean to pick up crosses? What is it going to mean to forsake the world, uh, to, to keep my own soul? What does that mean to turn away from the world and, and save my soul? Like, I don't understand. I remember thinking, I don't understand what all that means. Mm-hmm. So I want to go through one of the, the little teachings here, because it's one of the simplest and most beautiful things. And since it's at the beginning of the catechism, I think we tend to overlook it. But the ways of coming to know God are twofold, starting from us as human persons and looking at the world. So these ways of approaching God 
have that twofold departure. That's the language in the catechism, the physical world and the human person. And that's pretty much everything I do when I talk about science and faith. How do you know God? Well, look at the world. Look at science. Science is the study of the handiwork of God. That's my like my motto of everything that I, I yeah. teach about there. But the catechism says that it says the world, the first way of approaching God, the world starting from movement, becoming contingency in the world's order and beauty. One can come to a knowledge of God as the origin and end of the universe. And the catechism quotes that scripture. It is uh, Romans 1, 19 through 20. So he's writing to the Romans and to the Gentiles. And he says, for what can be known about God is plain to you, to them, because God has shown it to them. Ever since the creation of the world, his invisible nature, namely his eternal power and deity, have been clearly perceived in the things that have been made. You can look up at the stars and the clouds and the trees and the bugs and <laughs> maybe not so much the mosquitoes, but you, you can look at the created things in the world and and figure out there must be a creator. And I, I did that as a chemist even saint augustine one of our mm -hmm. favorites not augustine grass yeah, yeah. <laughs> saint augustine also says to us and, and he was in the fourth century so very early on in christianity question the beauty of the earth question the beauty of the sea question the beauty of the air distending and diffusing itself question the beauty of the sky question all these realities and all respond, see, we are beautiful. Their beauty is a profession, a confession. It's in his confessions that he's writing this. These beauties are subject to change. Who made them, Not the if not the beautiful one, who is not subject to change? So he's mm -hmm. pointing to the first cause of God. And we, and we can say that too. And, and so that's not just a teaching in the catechism. For me, it is one of those reminders back to the scripture you were quoting this morning, Stacy, from the memorial of St. Paul of the Cross, the reading, the, the gospel reading there. What profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his mm -hmm. life? Mm -hmm. We can see that right there in, in the beauties. We're not here for obtaining the world. The world and the beauty in the world points us to all of our creator, the creator who created all of this. Mm. So that's one way the world, the other way is the human person. And the way I like to explain this, it's like your love for your baby. Cause I remember back in my materialist days before I was, you know, I was all a chemist. I was a chemist through and through. I was not a religious woman. I was not a woman of faith. And I remember holding a newborn and looking at it and thinking, why do I love this bag of atoms and molecules so much? <laughs> you know, like if I held a bunny rabbit, I would not feel the same way. Uh, why, why is it this child? Why do I feel that I would give my life for this child? Why do I feel this love? It is love. And that, and that's something I say to teenagers. That's one of the biggest proofs of God. One of the biggest ways of knowing God is, is your love for someone else. Where does that come from? You, are you going to just explain it away as atoms and neurons doing their thing in your brain? Or is this something real? Is this a real emotion, a real feeling, a real truth? 
in your existence that that you love and that you want to be loved it get, it all gets back to understanding the human person as body and rational soul that we're not just a body we're a body and soul we are we are a rational soul made in the image and likeness of god with the power of intellect and free will and although our bodies have a lot of influence on what we think and do like if you're hungry or if you're sleepy you're going to be kind of grumpy but it we we can always with our minds and our hearts even override what our bodies might be telling us to do you can you can be starving and hungry and still be a kind person because you make the choice and you reason with your mind that you should be a kind person. Mm -hmm. um, we, I, I always like the example, only a human could make the decision to give up your lunch to a starving child. You know, like a dog wouldn't do that. A dog mm -hmm. would just would eat the, the meal in front of him. He doesn't have that capacity to reason that way. And, and there might be some miraculous occasions of dogs doing that, but the dogs <laughs> in my life would never do that. But that, but they, the last part the catechism says is the world and man, meaning humans, attest that they contain within themselves neither their first principle nor their final end, but rather that they participate in being itself, which alone is without origin or end. Thus, in different ways, we can come to know that there exists a reality, which is the first cause and final end of all things, a reality that everyone calls God. Throughout the entire human history, people have searched for God. Mm -hmm. and, and we know this is getting back to some of the early ancient Greek philosophy, which I'm, I'm learning about now. So now I, I recognize where this comes from. It's getting back to some of those first ponderings on what it, what it means to be a being what being is like it's something we know we don't sit down and think about a lot we are participating in being we have a being the atoms and molecules may come and go on our bodies you know like when we lose our hair or cut our fingernails or or process digest our food mm -hmm. i'll stop right there <laughs> don't want to get gross but, you know the atoms and molecules may come and go in our bodies but we have a being we are ourselves and that's because we, we come from that first cause and final end of all things. We, we come from God and we're through our whole life being drawn back to God. Mm -hmm. So thinking about stuff like that helps me when I'm reading scriptures, like you read Stacey, that I'm supposed to be, even when days are hard and they're, they're really hard right now, even when the days are hard, that I'm aiming for something more glorious than any suffering in this life. Yes, yes. I love that. I love to hear you talk about, you know, God and, and everything that he's created. I, you know, Pat is so in tune to he loves hunting. He loves going out and just sit, he'll go sit in, in the his uh, deer blind, even just just to get out and just to sit. And just because he loves being out there by himself and he prays a lot and in his uh, deer blind. But but he's always noticing God's creation. And, you know, I really until we moved out here in the country, I really didn't see myself doing that as much. Of course, there's more of it out here, but but big cows. Yeah, big cows. Yes. And nutmeg, my, my nutty horse. But, <laughs> but it, it, when you were saying that, it just made me think that, you know, God created all this, all this beauty. If we can see the beauty in it, we have to choose to, to look for it. But. 
but it's to reflect himself, his attributes to us. It's to lead us back to him. It's like, I know, it's beautiful. It kind of reminded me of the, the man, the husband that's going on a business trip and his wife puts a puts a photo in the in the suitcase for him to look at. <laughs> like, see me, don't forget me, see me, I'm, I'm right here. <laughs> um, Here's my picture. I just send text pictures. I text my husband pictures. <laughs> Hi, honey. But the next time I look outside, I'm just going to, I feel like I'm going to hear the Lord saying, see me, see me, I'm mm-hmm. here. <laughs> yeah. And when we look at people we love, I'm very, very focused this week on on my grandson that we lost. That's one of the things that that gets me through the loss of a loved one. Like I know our little Amias was baptized. Yeah. I know when I saw him pass away in my daughter's arms, when I watched him, I knew he was passing into God's presence. I knew that. I, I knew that even though his his body changed right in front of my eyes and and he wasn't there anymore, he wasn't there anymore. It was just his body. His soul had departed from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I knew that I had just witnessed something as, oh, as much as it hurt, as much as it hurt. I knew I had also just witnessed his soul go straight to the beatific vision, straight to the highest realms of the angels in heaven because he was as pure as pure can get. And I I knew I had just witnessed something so amazing on the other side of that thin veil, as we say, that that something amazing had just happened, even at the same time as something absolutely heart wrenching had just happened too. It is part of opening yourself up to God every day. And and that for me has been bearing the cross you were talking about, Stacey. I don't want it to be true. I wake up every morning and like, I wish it were a nightmare. I wish it weren't true. I wish none of it had happened. And I know people who are grieving the loss of loved ones go through the same thing. I don't want it to be true, but I do take comfort in knowing this is a big plan of salvation that's being worked out right before our eyes and that God has a purpose in all of this. I don't want it to be this way. If Stacey Tresenkos alone were writing the story of her life, that never would have happened. <laughs> I yeah. never would have had that written in. I would have written the story much differently. But I do have faith that that God knows what he's doing and there this will all make sense later. And right now, I also have faith that Amias not being just a bag of atoms and molecules did not just die and turn to worm food. He lives in heaven. And I say to him every day, little Amias, pray for your mother, yes. <laughs> pray for your mother yes. and, and help her and be there for her. And, and uh, I do know that we can talk to those departed loved ones. We can ask for their intercession if we know they're in heaven and like in the case of little baby who's been baptized we know he's in heaven we can pray to them and ask them to intercede for us ask them to go hey grab you know i picture little amias up there just tugging on jesus's cloak like that woman said my grandmother said that you need you need to take care of my mom (laughs) that's sweet (laughs) i'm stacy farquison And I am Stacey Trisenkos. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacey and Stacey to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacey.site for more information.